My name is Jake Thompson, your Chief Encouragement Officer, and this is the Compete Everyday Podcast, a show designed to encourage and equip you with the tools to build a winning mindset so you can build your winning life. Text PODCAST to 972-945-9113 to join our Morning Motivation Club and visit CompeteEveryday.com for past podcast episodes and to learn more about our resources and gear for ambitious people who are ready to start winning. Welcome to the show. What's up, Competitor Nation? Welcome back to the Compete Everyday Podcast and today's conversation with my new friend, Teresa Junta. Teresa and I had an opportunity to connect a few weeks ago at an event that we discuss here on the show. And today's conversations around building confidence, facing fears, and what happens when you work your butt off, when you do everything you can to the best of your ability and it's still not enough. How do we handle that? How do we reframe our conversations internally? And how do we keep showing up and competing? You're going to get a ton of value out of today's episode as we get rolling in the month of December, fast and furiously approaching Christmas and approaching the end of this year. While most of your coworkers and friends have already checked out on 2021, I expect you to still be doing work, to be planning, to be preparing, and to be building your momentum now. Don't wait for January 1st. Don't wait until next year to get going. You have the opportunity today to make today your day one. In fact, that was one of the conversation points Teresa and I had in person a few weeks ago when talking about her journal. We're going to get into the journal a little bit today, but she was telling me that one of her goals for January was the journal, and I was like, why January? Why not now? Why not get it rolling in December? And so we talk about a little bit of that shift and what inspired her to get it released later this month and where you can grab your own copy of her new journal the perfect pair for those athletes, high school, college athletes that she has the opportunity to work with on a daily basis as a certified mental performance consultant. Before I welcome in Teresa, I want to remind you about some ways to support the show because a few things are going to be changing come January. That's right. We will still be dropping episodes every week for you to consume. You'll get an episode every Monday to help you kickstart the week and every Wednesday featuring a guest or a teaching topic. But we're offering a new insider program that'll release the 1st of January that'll not only help you get podcast episodes six days a week. That's right. You'll get the Monday and the Wednesday episode that everybody gets. But you're going to get short, sweet teaching content every Tuesday, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday as well. You're going to be able to get access to a number of other things, including the continued seven days a week morning text in our Morning Motivation Club that will be shifting to a similar schedule for those free members. You'll be getting office hours with me for hot seats and coaching. You'll be getting early access to all new releases and a ton of other things for one low annual price. This was really my way to take the Competitor Nation group that we have on Facebook to take a lot of the conversations that we all have and and just take them to another level, to be honest with you. We put out so much free content between the podcast, the morning text, the social media, the blog posts, the videos, the coaching in the group. They really wanted to find a way to go deeper with more individuals. And so if you're someone that's looking for a little more spark, maybe you just want to get in a tighter group than something you'd find on Facebook. 
Maybe you want to get surrounded by folks that every month you're going to do a challenge with. They're going to encourage you. They're going to push you. They're going to get you out of your comfort zone. But more than anything, you're going to be better then this is going to be an investment you want to make in yourself, and it's not a big investment at all. So be on the lookout in the next couple of weeks as we release a little more details on the Competitor Nation Insider Program, what that's going to look like for 2022, and how all of these things that we're producing and creating and sharing are going to be designed for those insiders who are committed every single day for a little bit of encouragement, a little bit of challenge, and a whole lot of getting better. So be on the lookout for that. But before we talk about that, we still have a few more weeks in this year, and I'm excited to welcome my new friend to the show, certified mental performance consultant, Teresa Junta. Teresa, welcome to the Compete Everyday Podcast. Hey, Jake. Thanks for having me on. Yeah. Today's conversation should be a fun one. For those listening today, we had the opportunity to meet uh, a few weeks ago, actually, at Lauren Johnson's Elite by Choice event. Uh, It was a really cool three-day experience that Lauren put on who has been here on the podcast before for mental performance coaches and a lot of amazing people in that room that are doing work in that field of sports psychology, working with athletes, uh, working with coaches, a a number of different avenues and, and focuses for people in the room. But one of the awesome people that I had a chance to connect with and have a conversation with is Teresa. And I was like, you gotta come on the show. We gotta talk shop. And so here we are. Uh, So tell everyone a little bit about yourself. Where's home right now and what got you into mental performance work? Yeah, sure. Uh, So home for me, actually, kind of my whole life is Westchester, Pennsylvania, which is a suburb right outside of Philadelphia. Um, So born and raised in this area, went to college at Westchester University, got my master's at Temple. So haven't strayed too far other than traveling and traveling to my different clientele. Um, But yeah, what really got me into sports psych was my own experience within athletics. Grew up with two older brothers always trying to compete with them, always very athletic, soccer and lacrosse as my background, and continue on to play lacrosse at Westchester University. And that's where I really got into the whole mindset behind performance and kind of learned about it myself. I kind of always struggled a little bit with confidence issues and would hold myself back. I would get really intimidated by upperclassmen, especially in high school, um, and kind of let that Actually, I would say that I became my own limit. And when I got to college, I really fell into, oh, I'm actually, I'm, I'm actually pretty good. Um, and it's, it's a lot of your mind that kind of holds you back. And so I um, had a really great experience at Westchester. We went to a couple national championships. Um, I earned the honor as a two-time All-American. Um, great support system. And that's when, when I was looking into grad school, I really knew I wanted to stay in athletics and never knew sports psychology was an option until I talked to our sports site that we had as a professor at Westchester. And she really got me into it. And my first class in grad school was like, yep, this is what I want to do. I want to have my own business. I want to work with athletes. I want to work with performers. Um, And that really came from just my own experience and learning how we ourselves are our only limit. Um, There's a lot of comparison out in the world, um, competing with others. And in reality, for you to be your best self is your competition with yourself and the barriers that you put on yourself. And that's a lot what I try to bring back into the world and give back to athletics is how to break through your own limits. 
And, and you are preaching to the choir with that message here, because everybody listening to this podcast, part of Competitor Nation, knows uh, the battle every day with comparison, but the focus is on competing with yourself. So let me ask you, you, you said kind of a, a, you had a light switch flip in college, like you started to not be as intimidated by other competitors. You started to realize, like, I, I can play here. I, I belong at this level. What? what do you think caused that? Like, was it conversations with coaches? Did you have somebody that worked with your program on the sports psychology side? Was there something that kind of helped create that mindset shift from I'm intimidated. I don't know if I belong to, I absolutely can belong and play here. Sure. I, I would say that I can't necessarily pinpoint exactly what that was. Um, we didn't have a sports psych on staff. I mean, it really wasn't that big. I mean, I only graduated eight years ago. Um, so, so 10, young. seven years ago being 18. Um, and, but I remember I worked my butt off and I had coaches who believed in me. I had a great support system. And I think it took me really to just take the courage, like have that one step forward and saying, I'm going to do this and I'm going to show what I can do. And some of the biggest advice just I have I gotten in this field is do good work. And looking back at that, that's exactly what I did my freshman year. I earned a starting spot. And I think that was the moment like, oh, I put in the work to achieve where I wanted to be. And that paid off. So all of my preparation and all of my training, I actually started to believe in it. And that was executing on the field and validating through my coaches, through my teammates of, Hey, you, you have a spot here and you deserve to be here. And that was all by my own doing. Um, and that's, I think what I learned is I have control to do this. I own where I want to be, not anybody else. And I think that was a light bulb moment of I'm in control of where I want to be. So let me, let me ask you a couple of things. I want to pull on a few threads here of a few things that you said. The first was the importance of doing the work and how the work built the confidence. I think for a lot of times, and, and maybe people listening, we get caught in this idea of we wish we were more confident at something, but we're not really doing it enough yet to build those reps. And so when you're talking with athletes, because I know you work with a ton of college and high school athletes, how do you help them start to focus on the process uh, and, and the work to build the confidence instead of do I, or do I not have confidence right now? Right. Great question. And you had the hit like the, uh, nail the on the head, nail on the head. That's what I'm looking for. Uh, always looking at the outcome or I wish I was here or I want to achieve that. And so for me, and when I work with my clients is so, okay, well, you want to be here, but right now you're here. So what are all those steps in between, right? And it's like you said, breaking down that process of what can I do today and what can I control? That's my own attitude, my own effort, my own reps. What are those reps? And being really specific and confidence is the outcome. So confidence is that mental skill, right? But those tools are what we do to build that confidence. I think a big part of it is taking a step of courage and being courageous in saying, okay, I'm gonna go for this, not sure of the outcome, but I'm gonna trust in everything that my foundation is built off of 
and do something that might feel uncertain to, to bring my, um, love, like up level myself. And then that, when I achieve that, guess what? Your confidence rises. Now I, now I build a stronger foundation and we build off of that. And that's kind of how we build that process to create a stronger foundation of confidence. So uh, one other thing you said there that I was wanting to go back to, but you brought it right along is this idea of courage and fear is everywhere. You know, we, we've, we talked about fear, even at the elite by choice event and fear dictates so many of our decisions. We're afraid of failure. We're afraid of what other people are going to think about us. We have fears every single day that we have to deal with and, and people that take action, it's not that they're not afraid. It's just that they've chosen to make their commitment stronger than their feelings in the moment. What they're trying to do is more important than, than being mm -hmm. afraid. But this whole idea of courage, it, it terrifies people for lack of a better phrase of, I, I just, I'm not a courageous person. Like that's what we tell ourselves. We, we give ourselves this internal dialogue and we associate that we're just not as courageous as somebody that does skydiving or you, you name it. We can create an illustration for anywhere. How do we build that courage? Like, how do we become someone who's less paralyzed by fear and more able to work through it or at least move while feeling it? Mm -hmm. And I think that's such a big question, especially right now in society. And I think one of the biggest takeaways, especially from the elite by choice event and why I kind of pulled you aside at lunch, like, Hey, I want to, I want to learn more about you and what you do and what is compete every day is all of the speakers are challenged us with something, right? Like, well, can you define that fear for us? Or can you define that challenge? Can you actually define what that is? And I think getting to the root of that then helps, I guess, really gain the courage to take that step. And so whenever I'm working with athletes, I mean, especially myself, I would say, thank you, Jake, for helping me give me the courage to push out my planner, which I know we'll get into, is just taking that leap and going for it. And you don't need the whole bridge to be built before you take the first step. You build the bridge one step at a time. You might not know where that next step is. It might be to the left. It might be to the right. It might be forward, but you take that next step. We don't need that whole bridge built. Um, and to see actually the outcome, we're actually building that in real time. And so understanding that I think helps then, at least for me, take that step and really take that that leap or that courage to keep moving forward. And every time that step then is like, oh, I can do this. And this is coming to fruition. That's building the confidence for me to take another step. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I love how you, you kind of tied that in. And the event was a really good example of the importance of accountability in terms of facing fear, because one of the things that was great about that group and, and just the conversations we had was a lot of conferences, and, and I went to another one the week after, is everybody gets raw, raw excited. You hear some cool stuff you may you maybe want to implement, and then you go home and you go back into your routines and you don't really do it. Mm -hmm. But the cool part about that event is it was just like the conversation we had about your journal. And I was like, well, why do you have to do that? Why can't you do here? And, and I wanted to give a deadline. I want to give accountability because I know myself and I know I'll have notes of pages of notes of ideas of here's what I want to implement. 
And then you just get caught up in life. And especially this time of year with the holidays, you get off track. But if you have people that are checking in, if you have people that are having those conversations, and it's just like I DM'd you checking in, uh, Kelly, who was at the event, was supposed to go see a fitness professional that she has a, a goal to work with. And I set an alarm in my phone, shot her a message that day, and was like, hey, did you get it done? And she had done the same for me on a program. So for listeners, the reason I'm telling you this is one, if you're in the mental performance space listening to this, you got to be at Lauren's event next year. Um, but hopefully we're both in, you and I are in before it sells out because I know it's going to sell out next year. But two, you got to surround yourself with other people who are willing to hold you accountable, that, that care about your success. They don't see your success as a threat. And they're like, hey, if you said you're going to do this, how can I make sure you do it? How can I encourage you along the way? And then how am I going to hold you accountable? And I think that was the cool part about that event, the small size, the people in that room is because everybody's doing a lot of the same work. Like I'm more corporate focused because I'm a speaker. I'm not sports psych background. I'm kind of school of hard knocks. I laugh self-taught in a lot of that stuff, but I'm learning from people like you about how you do your work. And there were a ton of people in the room that are MLB performance coaches, that are college performance coaches, that are coaches of coaches. And it's super easy to get into a room like that. And it become a pissing contest to see mm -hmm. well, I've done more. And if maybe you've done more and then you feel inadequate because you're not as cool as so-and-so and you haven't done as much, but everybody in that room was like, how can we learn? How can we share? How can we all get better? Because the better we get, the better the profession gets and the easier it weeds out the hacks and the people yep. looking for the shortcuts and all that. And, and so that rising tide raises all ships. Those are the type of rooms you need to be in. And, and the reason I'm challenging everybody with this is that should be your goal for 2022. Um, if you're watching this clip online, my actual screensaver on my phone that I made after this event is a reinforcement of one of the affirmations that I had with Nick. And two was play in bigger rooms. As just that constant reminder, like you and I, we need to be in rooms together. We need to be in rooms with, with Lauren and Brian and, and all of those other people that were at the event, Carly and them, because those are the rooms of people that are all cheering for each other, but also challenging each other. And it's not a comparison game. And so if you want to change your career, your mindset, get in those rooms, walk into those gyms, get into those situations to where everybody wants to see everybody else win. Mm -hmm. And if you're having problems finding those rooms, be that person who starts cheering for everybody else and challenging them to win so that you create it. Because the easiest <laughs> excuse is to say, well, Jake, I, I can't go to Lauren's event. I didn't do this. I don't know those people. Cool. Be that person first and you'll start attracting those type of people as well. So I, I had to go off on that rant because that was a key event for us. That was a big piece of, of us and just conquering fear. Like you mentioned, it's so part of society and unless we're around the right people and in the right rooms, it's going to be a lot harder to conquer fear, or we're going to feel really good about it after a conversation. And then we're never going to do anything about it because nobody's continuing to bring it up. So exactly. go ahead. And I would, and I would say to add to that is I think that wraps around back to that, that feeling of fear and feeling maybe inconfident or a little bit self-doubt. I mean, going into that event, I mean, we had some pretty big speakers and I would say professionals in our field. And, you know, what I learned is we're all human and we're all looking for the same things of to be better. And what was so great about that is everybody was championing each other. And that goes back to, okay, if you're feeling fearful, a lot of that comes from the comparison to others. And so how are you comparing to yourself and what can you do? You don't want to be exactly like somebody else because God didn't create you that way. 
he created you to be exactly who you are and your unique strategies and niches and whatever that may be. And guess what? Your niche and your strengths are going to help strengthen everybody else. And that is a big step of overcoming that fear, taking that step of courage, getting around the right people, building the right support system and continuing to move forward. Well, and and to hit that note as well, if you were in that room and you looked around and you saw, you know, some big speakers, you saw professional MLB performance coaches, you saw these folks. The one thing you also saw is all of them were taking notes, asking questions and engaged. They were curious. So if the best are continuing to be curious and showing up and they're just like, how can I learn from people in other industries or you that you're, you're an intern right now, or you're going through college. Like, what can I learn from you? Like, if they're always constantly curious, like that's the sign. Don't worry about your ego. Don't worry about how high or mighty you think you are. Like just be in the right rooms and be curious all the time to get better. So I love that. Um, one of the things I want to pull on real quick that you mentioned earlier that built your confidence was making the starting roster, seeing all of your hard work paying off. You started to hit these milestones. We know this in sports, just like we know this in life. We can bust our butt. We can compete. We can show up every day and we cannot hit that goal. And we can fall short. We cannot get the starting roster. Or maybe we lose the national championship. We, everything we're working toward, mm-hmm. we don't hit. Despite doing everything we can in that moment to achieve it. How do we handle that? How do we, because I know it's a shift in our mindsets from outcome to process. But it's really easy to say that. It's much harder to live that, especially maybe if we like that confidence. So Pretend like you're talking to one of us as one of your athletes and and they just missed out on making the playoffs or or making the team. How do we, how do we handle that? How do we look at everything we've done, busting our butt and in our heads, we just aren't good enough is what is kind of that internal Mm -hmm. dialogue that starts happening at this moment, because we've done everything we think we can, but we're not good enough for X. How do we handle that? Great question. And you're right, right? When we do everything that we can, and it still is not enough, right? We don't make that team. We don't make the starting roster. We get cut, whatever it may be. We don't get that promotion, whatever it may be. That internal dialogue, a lot of times comes back to our identity. I'm not good enough. Um, I suck. I, right. And so we're connecting the outcome to our own efforts. And so, like you said, a lot harder said than done, but being able to separate out the task from your identity. Um, and that comes back to what are you comparing your success to? What is your definition of success? So the nature of sports and kind of the nature of performance is there are times that we do everything possible and still lose, right? And so, okay, what are you comparing yourself to? And if you're comparing yourself to yourself and asking the questions, did I go out and give my best effort today? And what did that look like? Okay, so that's one question. Did I get better today? And how, right? And what did I learn from this experience to get better for next time? And so bringing that evaluation back objectively to the task at hand versus your emotion behind it of I'm not good enough and I suck. Well, this situation stinks and I wasn't good enough for this situation. 
that doesn't mean that I'm not going to be good enough for next time and evaluating what I can do for next time. So I'll say those are the questions to ask of what's your definition of success and comparing yourself to your best, not anybody else's. Well, and, and a really big piece of that is separating yourself from the task and talking about the task of the activity versus yourself. Um, mm -hmm. You know, one of my favorite coaching books, they talk about this from a standpoint of people struggle to say no. It's really easy to say no to people super close to us, like uh, friends and, and uh, or spouse, kids, we can say no to. People we really dislike, we can say no to. Everybody in the middle, the coworkers, the casual friends, like we get invited to something, we get asked to do something at work, we're like, we struggle saying no to that. And he said, a lot of times it's because we have a hard time with the relationship side of saying no to the person versus to what they're asking, the activity. Mm -hmm. and, and the way you just said is the same thing. We're separating ourselves from what's being done to look at it and say, well, where did I, where can I improve at this activity? Not who I, where do I improve? It's where do I improve at doing this? If you, we talk, you pick up a guitar, you, first time you play, you suck. It's not, I suck at the guitar. It's like, I, I just can't play the guitar yet, yet. So yeah. what can I do? That's right. What can I do to get better at playing the guitar? That doesn't change who I am. It just mm -hmm. means I'm not experienced with this. And so I love, love how you reframe that. And especially the questions. And, and one of the things I pulled up here on my phone is about handling some of those failures, because one of the processes I always use is what do I, what did I do well right here? Like, despite everything not working out, what did I do well? Maybe I was super consistent with working out for this goal. Even though I missed it, I was super consistent. What do I need to improve on? Like, what's the activity to get better at? And then what's something I can do this week that's going to improve me for next time, which is what you said as well. Where did mm -hmm. I get better? And so when we start to identify that, like you said, we put that gap between who we are and what we're doing we become more in love with the process because one, we see we're getting better. And two, we don't live and die on the outcome. Like, yeah, we're disappointed or yeah, we're excited because we hit a goal or we missed a goal, but that doesn't define us. And it allows us to go back into the process to get better, which is what the, the great ones do of all time. You look at, mm -hmm. you know, Jordan in the last dance, he lost to the Pistons three years in a row, but all that did was like, how do I get better? How do I get better? How do I get better? And that was how he went back to it until he became the best. And then he was the best and was like, how can I even get better? Mm -hmm. Like you just watch that evolve from the best ever in a very physical sense. We all have that same opportunity here. And it's a daily process, which is why I compete every day, why it all yeah. ties in. And, and speaking of daily on here, one of the things I'm holding you accountable for is a journal. Now, for those listening to hit this, you might think, well, that's kind of weird, Jake. Y'all just dropped a journal. Why are we talking and promoting someone else's journal? Because exactly what we just talked about earlier. There is enough room for everybody to win. I want you to check it out if you're an athlete on here because it may be the perfect fit for you. And just like speakers, you go to a conference, you hear 10 speakers, eight of them you may not connect with, but two you might because of how they tell a story or how you relate to them. And so those two, even though they're teaching the same thing the other eight are, they connect with you and they help you get to where you want to go. And so the whole point of this show is to introduce you to people and to concepts and to have conversations that hopefully help you get to where you want to go. So it's not just me talking to you, but you hear it from other people and other viewpoints. And so I got to know one, how is the journal? We're like three weeks away, I think, from the release date. Yes, we are. It's coming together. Uh, so this 
has come. This has been probably two, three years in the making. Uh, and finally, yes, because I got some accountability <laughs> to come to fruition. Um, so it's this has come from me never being satisfied with a daily planner. Using three different planners in a year, two different journals, a notepad, just like completely inefficient. How full is your backpack right? with all that stuff? Like <laughs> Right. That's what I mean. I'm like, how do I become more efficient? I want everything in one. Right. So it's like, well, then I'm going to make my own. And everybody that I talked to like, yes, like I want more note pages and I want more time to reflect and I want more flexibility. So I'm like, okay, what do I need to do? Right. And so me, I need to know why this works. Right. And I can't just go out and do something and like throwing gel at a wall and seeing if it works. No, I want this to actually be an evidence-based practice of why this works. So I'm calling it the Live Limitless Planner. I'm all about you are your only limit. Um, and so this is going to help you break down those limits, your barriers of being more efficient, um, increasing your productivity, and really just embracing your own strengths to increase creativity and efficiency in your day. And so it's based a lot in like how, what your natural energy cycles are and your circadian rhythms and how you time block your day. So for example, like I'm an early bird, I'm up at 5 a.m. My pro product, most productive time is like in the morning before noon versus I know people are like more productive in the afternoon. And that's totally fine. And this uh, journal planner gives you the flexibility to kind of plan out your days and time block your days um, in breaking down your creative time, your professional time, time for your fun and, per and um, family and friend time. I mean, that's important to plan out because we want to be adaptive and we want to balance both our work and our personal life so we don't get burned out. And that's where a lot of this came from of, you know, being more organized, being more balanced in both your personal and professional lives. Um, whether you're an athlete and currently training and have a lot of schoolwork and then you have to go to practice and then you have to study and then you have to plan your meals too, right? I work with a lot of athletes that are like, oh, I forgot to eat today. Well, you need to eat to fuel. So let's plan that out in your day. Um, I'm the same way now. I'm a mover and a shaker and go, you know, wake up and work out and have a client, go to work, have another client, need to eat, right? And so yeah. if we can have a structured schedule that also allows flexibility and the ability to adapt throughout our weeks and days, then we get to evolve and actually we increase our time in a 24 hour day versus saying, I don't have enough time. Well, and I love how you structured it in the way you talked about it offline. And then again, here is it's around kind of what works for you. And, you know, people go nuts when Mark Wahlberg posted his uh, like morning routine and it was like up at three and did it like they were like, oh, Mark gets so much done it before like you even get out of bed. And I was like looking at his schedule and I'm like, yeah, he's he's in bed by eight. Like you could shift that three hours and you're up at six and in bed by 11. And as long as you're still getting the same stuff done, like it really doesn't matter what time you work out or wake up. And so I, I'm all for getting up earlier. I'm more productive on the days I get up because I know me and I know like early afternoon, like I, it's usually like I need about a 15 minute nap, reset, cup of coffee and I'll keep going. But not everybody's that way. Some people are night owls. Some people are at work just differently. And so I love how you've structured this around that, which is a very different look for a lot of folks. And so 
you know, my thought with listening to people and, and people, people listening to show is like, worry less about what time you're getting up, like 3am, 5am, 6am, just make sure on that when you are up, like how intentional are you using that time? And what are you doing? Because it's not really the fact that you're, maybe you're getting up at seven instead of three. It's what you're doing when you get up at seven and maybe how you're slower getting into the day versus when you get up earlier. So I love that. That's why I'm all for using these planners. And, and there's something special about writing it down. You remember it better. You retain that information and it helps you put it a little more real. That's why, you know, when we have fears and things like that, we write them down because once seeing them and, and seeing some of our self-talk, it changes how we have a relationship with it. So I love that. So the journal's dropping on the 17th of December. Yeah. Is that right? Okay. So that's, that's our deadline. Cool. Yep. Okay. So where can people find out more about it? Where can people go online and connect with you and learn about your work? Uh, and especially for those parents listening of high school, college athletes, if, if they're struggling with some of this pro, uh, outcome over process and where it should be process over outcome, they're struggling with their identity and their sport. Where can they get connected with you to learn more about your coaching programs? Yeah, absolutely. So the best place to find me right now is on Instagram. Uh, my handle is Teresa Marie consulting or Teresa Marie underscore consulting. I have links in there that connect to my email address, um, set up a time for, you know, a 15 minute consult meeting to learn more about me. If I'm the right person to work with you as an athlete or with your kid. Um, and then I will also have the link for the planner when that launches, it's going to actually be through Amazon. So it's going to be really Really easy to find and kind of simple one-click purchase. Uh, so right now, Instagram is the best way to, to find me. I'm on Twitter. Um, and like I said, my email is on there as well. Perfect. We're going to be linking to all of that in the show notes. Teresa, this has been fun. I really appreciate you making some time for this and super excited that you are putting this journal together, getting it out. Very proud of you, especially on our conversations just like three weeks ago and seeing everything that you've done in the meantime. So uh, thank you for coming on the show and, and be proud of the work you're doing. Thanks, Jake. Thanks. I'm grateful for you. Grateful to have met you a few weeks ago. Um, and thanks for having me on the show. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of the Compete Everyday Podcast. To get in touch with the team, drop us an email to podcast at competeeveryday.com. And to find out more about our resources, content, and gear that will help you build that winning mindset so you better compete for your best life, visit competeeveryday.com.